Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com. I'm Gina Anderson-Cohen. With me, I have Kristen Guile and Cindy Kuzma. Good morning, Gina. Hi, Gina. Good morning. And Cindy, you did the interview this week with Melissa Stockwell. Isn't that right? Yeah, Melissa Stockwell is a Paralympic triathlete, and she's also a veteran. She started an organization called Dare to Try that helps other athletes with disabilities get into the sport of triathlon, fall in love with it as much as she did. She's an incredible guest, and I was so excited to talk with her. Melissa lost her leg in Iraq, and throughout it all, she's remained incredibly positive. How was she able to do so with such a traumatic experience in her past? Yeah, I wonder how much of that is sort of integral to her personality and how much of it she learned along the way. But she really focuses a lot on finding the silver lining in difficult experiences. In fact, there's a great story about how she kind of has turned the loss of her leg around. I don't want to give too much away because it's pretty fantastic the way she's turned that into a positive for herself. But really, she just focuses on finding whatever she can to kind of make the story her own out of whatever obstacle she's faced and overcome. And, you know, you can't control everything in life she talks about but you can control your reaction to it and she has really tried to to do that to make her reaction a positive one and along the way going through that experience and then becoming an athlete she adopted this sort of interesting way to set and achieve big goals can you talk about how she uses small steps to achieve big goals sure like many of the accomplished athletes we have on the podcast, you have to have a big goal, right? Like you want to be a Paralympian, an Olympian. You want to be the best in the world. But it's pretty hard to just set your sights on that and and then wait for it to happen, right? You have to do a lot of work along the way. And she talks about how she every day just tries to do whatever she can to to achieve that goal. And then at the end of the day, she writes down one thing she did that took her closer to her goal. So even if things didn't go exactly the way she planned, even if she had a run that wasn't great, at least she got out there and ran. Or she did something she didn't want to do, and that took her a step closer to her goal. And then she can reflect on all of those accomplishments later on and realize how much hard work she really did and how she's prepared to achieve what she set out to achieve. And her life would be easy enough if all she had to do was train for triathlons or whatever sport she's competing in. But of course, that's never the only thing you're doing with your life at one time. There's always other things that demand your attention and your time. So how is she able to manage her priorities with a family and with a career? So she definitely has a lot more responsibilities now with the family, but that actually has helped her connect to a deeper motivation to her sport. So she can't always do as much training, but she is really motivated to stay active and to show her daughter and all the other women out there that you can continue to have a career and a full life and be an accomplished athlete. So I think connecting to that really helps her continue to achieve. And here's Cindy with Melissa. Girl, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. All right, this is Cindy Kuzma from A Sweat Life, and I am here on the We Got Goals podcast with Melissa Stockwell, who's a Paralympian and the co-founder of the Dare to Try program. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us on the We Got Goals podcast. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Now, Melissa, you just came back from a couple of trips, I know, including to Sarasota for the American Championships. Is that right? I did. I am at my first race back, kind of post having my baby Millie, who is eight months old today. So yes, I was down in Sarasota doing a race and it went quite well, much better than I expected it to. 
Oh, that's always awesome when we have those victories when we don't even expect them, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) So, Melissa, I know you were an athlete from an early age. You were a gymnast growing up, right? I was. So I I was a big gymnast. It was kind of my, it was definitely my my thing growing up. You know, I think as all young, aspiring gymnasts do, you know, dreamt of going to the Olympics and being an Olympic gymnast and had posters all over my room and, you know, red, white, and blue everywhere and, you know, gymnastics before school, after school. And that was definitely what I hoped to do. Yeah. I often think that people who have that early experience of being an athlete, that really often shapes the way you think about goals and opportunities for the rest of your life. Do you think that that was the case for you? I definitely think it helped. You know, obviously when I was younger, I had, I had two legs. I had both of my legs. I didn't really know any different. I'd always been kind of goal driven. So wanting to dream big and, and reach high and my parents kind of let me do that, which I think has shaped my life kind of this many years later. And as I've, you know, grown up, it's kind of allowed me to do to do just that and just to keep going with it. So how did you get from those early days to Iraq? What what led you to service and what goal did you hope to accomplish there? So I, I realized at a young age kind of, you know, how lucky we were to live in the country that we live in and always wanted to be in the military and to be in the army. So I made that a reality in college when I joined ROTC. And then in when I graduated in 2002, I was commissioned as an officer and two years later ended up being deployed over to um, Iraq. So, you know, I, I joined I joined the army. I mean, pretty short and simple. I, I love our country. I wanted to give back. That was really my my main reason for for putting that uniform on. And I know it didn't take too long after that before you had a change of plans. I know it was April thirteenth, two thousand four, when your convoy hit an IED and and you lost your leg. And we're talking now a little bit before that day in twenty eighteen. And I know you have a special tradition for commemorating that, which maybe we'll talk about later. Yeah. But what I'd kind of love to hear about first is is how you shifted your goals and your mindset while you were recovering. Talk to me a little bit about the moment you kind of set your sights on the Paralympics and what effect having a big audacious goal like that had on your rehab, both physically and mentally. So, so after I lost my leg, I wasn't, you know, I was 24 years old, didn't really know, you know, what my life would be. And I did all my recovery at Walter Reed Army Medical Center and being there and being surrounded by so many other soldiers who had worse injuries than my own kind of helped me realize how lucky I was. So wanting to kind of live my life for them and that those that, you know, no longer could and had given that that ultimate sacrifice. So after I learned to walk and wear a prosthetic, I learned about the U.S. Paralympics and, you know, having dreamt of going to the Olympics as a young child and that never happening, it was almost like I had a second chance because here I was an athlete with a physical disability and I was being told that I could compete on the world's biggest athletic stage, represent a country that I defended over in Iraq. And I mean, what greater honor would it be to wear that USA uniform on that on that stage? So a dream was born pretty quickly of wanting to be a, a Paralympian. And, you know, I kind of set right to it, you know, somehow, some way I, I wanted to be a Paralympian. And it was kind of a natural goal, I feel. You know, I think just having been an athlete growing up and been an athlete in the past, it was just kind of something that fell into my lap and the realization that if I worked hard enough and picked a sport and dedicated myself to it, that I could actually get there. And and you made it not once, but twice in two different sports. And I know you took home the bronze medal in triathlon in Rio in an American sweep, which was so incredible. And those are just 
two of the many things you've accomplished since then. So this kind of feels like a good time to transition into the first big question we always ask on We Got Goals. And that is, what is one big goal you've achieved, why it was important to you, and how you got there? Yeah, so definitely when I think about the past many years, the one that stands out is winning a bronze medal at the 2016 Rio Paralympic Games in the sport of triathlon. It was you know, everything that, that came with it, everything from losing my leg over in Iraq to competing in the 2008 Paralympic Games and swimming, but not doing as well athletically as I thought I could. And then continuing with it and turning to the sport of triathlon, having my son Dallas, and then trying to come back from that to make it to Rio, kind of everything that went into that moment, all the dedication, the hard work, the the sacrifice of having to be away sometimes from my family for training, for racing, the team that I was with, my coaches, my my mentors, my family, everyone that kind of believed in me to get there, to be in Rio on that podium as a medal-winning mom was really just really one of my greatest accomplishments. I mean, when I think of that moment, I think about, I mean, just everything that went into it and just how amazing it was to be there. Oh, I'm just getting chills hearing you talk yeah. about it. We've talked to, to several elite athletes on this podcast, and I'm always so curious about how they approach goals because it seems so overwhelming to say like, my goal is to win a Paralympic medal or, or be a world champion or, or be the best in the world. And it seems like most people kind of break goals down into smaller chunks and maybe make them process goals versus outcome goals. Um, what did that look like for you when you were training hard for that, for those games, how did you approach goal setting? So you're right. So goals, I mean, you have this huge goal. Like if you have a huge goal, it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. You don't, I don't say, oh, I'm going to qualify for Rio in the Paralympics and then wake up the next day and do it. It takes days and, and months and years of training and really believing that you can. So really, yeah, kind of taking it down into, into each day. So, you know, every day I wake up, I do my training and at the end of the day, I kind of look back and I say, okay, what's one thing I did today that got me closer to my goal? And some days it's something as little as I didn't want to go on my run, but I got up off the couch or I, I, I did what I had to do to make it happen. Whether the run was a good run or not, it doesn't matter some days. What matters is just that you got out there and you did it when you didn't want to do it that day. Another day you look back and you say, wow, that run was amazing. I had this time goal and not only did I make it, but I surpassed it. And then that kind of makes all those other days of training that didn't go so well, kind of worth it. And it kind of pushes you for the next block of training. So goals, I think have to be broken down in, into little chunks and little steps. And at the end of every day, you can look back at your day and I guarantee you that whatever it is, even if it's the smallest little thing, there is something in that day they got you closer to that goal. And some days they're hard to find, other days they're easier. But at the, end of the, at the end of the day, if you didn't have a good day, if it's a bad day, find the positive in it. Find something that got you closer to that goal because it's there. Sometimes you have to just look a little bit deeper. Oh, I love that so much. And I can see how if you kind of stacked those moments on top of each other, you would also really stoke your confidence. Like you say, that's such an important part of it too, not just the, the physical preparation, but the mental preparation. Exactly. And, you know, I think, I mean, everything in life and especially goals as well, it's not this 
it's not just an upward trajectory, right? I mean, there's dips and there's valleys and there's peaks and, but it's a gradual, if you stick with it and if you stick with believing in yourself, having a team surrounding yourself with people that want you to get there, want you to, you know, reach those goals, the gradual trend is up, but it might, it's all about when it does dip down, when you do have those valleys about not giving up and keep moving forward. So how do you keep track of those moments? Are you a person who has a paper training log? Do you do it online or do you have some way that you are really capturing all of this to, to use later on? So I used to have it written down where every day or either every night before I go to bed, I would write down what I did that day or the three good things that I did. And then every morning I would write down three things that I wanted to achieve that day. Mm -hmm. Since my daughter was born eight months ago, I had yet to continue that because I was kind of busy with, <laughs> you know, middle of the night feedings and and not not a lot of sleep. But it's something that I should definitely start um, now that that's getting a little bit better. I, sh I should start again because I think having it written down and being able to go back and look at that and, you know, six months down the road, going back and looking back at the things that I achieved six months prior and realizing how far I've come from them can really help. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's what's so powerful about having those little rituals too, is that sometimes life does get crazy and you kind of move away from them. They give you something really sort of tangible to get back to, right? Like, you know, you can do that again. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit now about Dare to Try, which is an organization I know helps so many other athletes achieve their goals. What motivated you to launch it and, and how has it grown since? Yes. So um, back in 2011, two of my friends, Dan Tun and Carrie Sirota and myself co-founded Dare to Try Paratriathlon Club. So um, obviously I'm an athlete with a physical disability and both Dan and Carrie are able-bodied athletes, but they've worked with adapted athletics all their life. So all of us were triathletes and kind of realized how much sports can impact somebody's life at all, but especially somebody with a disability. So we decided that we were going to start Dare to Try and get however many athletes we could find that had physical disabilities and show them that they too could do not only be an athlete, but that they could be a triathlete. So we launched it back in 2011. It's based in the Chicago area and we had the Modest goal to get eight athletes to do a triathlon that first year that had, whether it was amputation, visual impairment, spinal cord injury, and really provide the athletes with everything they needed to do a triathlon. So expensive adaptive equipment, coaching, training, and really helping them get to that starting line. So we started it and it grew faster than we ever could have imagined. Not only did we get eight athletes to that starting line the first year, I think we were upwards in the in the mid-20s, 24 athletes. And then this many years later, seven years later, we have over 300 athletes on our roster. We have year-round programming. We have camps. We have clinics. We have two three-day camps, one that's for military, one that's for anybody with a physical disability. And it's been really impressive and incredibly rewarding just to see how many lives we have impacted. Because you take somebody who has a disability, you know, take a youth athlete who's eight years old, they're in a wheelchair, neither that they or their families, you know, they're not sure kind of what their lives can be and how that it, that it doesn't matter if you're in a wheelchair or not, you can still accomplish whatever you want. And to see them get to that starting line, cross the finish line and just kind of see that self-confidence, not only in them, but in their families as well. And it, it's, it's really incredible. Our motto is one inspires many and our athletes inspire both on and off the race course. 
Oh, that's got to give you like fuel for your own accomplishments too. just seeing these athletes do things that they didn't think were possible for them. Oh, yes. 100%. You know, I get, I do a lot of speaking around the nation and I get asked a lot, like who inspires me? And I am 100% inspired by our athletes. Just, you know, anybody that doesn't think they can do something and they decide to go and try it and they realize that not only are they good at it and can they do it, but they actually enjoy it. And then they continue on with it. So, you know, our athletes inspire anybody that sees them, but they help with my own goals and my own motivation as well. And I know that that's not the only way that you're working to help other athletes achieve their goals. You're also chair of the USA Triathlon Women's Committee. Tell me about that role and what goals you hope to accomplish through that leadership position. So USA Triathlon has a good number of committees and the Women's Committee, which I am recently the chair of, our goal is to get women into this sport of triathlon. So if any triathletes are listening, especially female triathletes, I think somebody asks you, oh, what do you do? And you say, oh, I'm a triathlete. I swim, I bike, I run. And a lot of the response you get from women are, oh, I could never do that. But the reality of it is actually, yes, you can do that. So it's really what we hope to do as a committee is to really kind of break down those barriers. And when somebody, when a woman says, oh, I could never do that, you say, actually, Yes, you can. And this is why you can, because there is a community of women athletes that are going to help mentor you to get there because there is a race that you can go to and to start your career in triathlon, you can start out in a women's only triathlon or a women's only race. And this is a uniform that, that you can wear. And isn't it cool? You can pick from these colors and, and, you know, it's not about winning the race. It's just about being out there and, and doing the race. So really kind of trying to break down those barriers on why women can be a triathlete and really to help them achieve it and to get to that finish line. That's such an incredible goal. What does that look like in terms of like how you go about that? I mean, are there conferences or is it just like individual outreach or group outreach? How how practically speaking are is that committee working to make this a reality? Yeah, it's kind of a combination of. So we have some partnerships with various other foundations kind of around the nation where Each one of us has an athlete that we are mentoring to become a triathlete this year. We also provide grants. So grants to individuals that want to do their first triathlon to kind of help with travel or to help with coaching or to kind of help initiate the process on on getting to that starting line. We also have grants that we give to women that are triathletes that are kind of looking to expand their leadership capabilities within triathlon. So if they're a triathlon coach, but they want to take it to the next level and become a, get certified to coach athletes with disabilities or to become a coach at the collegiate level to really kind of help women become advocates kind of within their own lives and kind of take that next step just so there's more females on the coaching level as well. So we provide resources on our Facebook page, just USA Triathlon Women's Committee tips for women on how they can get into the sport and just hoping that women will take a liking and realize that they can do it also. 
that's great that there's both informational and and financial support. I know that those are both really big needs for for women who may be considering this kind of a sport. So that's that's incredible. And thanks for giving the Facebook page too, because yeah, I was going to ask how women could find out more yeah. about this. So that's yeah. perfect. The second big question that we always ask on We Got Goals is about a future goal you have and how you plan to get there. And and you've touched on on some big goals that you have for the different organizations you're involved with. But I wonder what's what's next for Melissa Stockwell. What's a goal you have personally? So I, I have two young kids. I have an eight-month-old and I have a three-year-old and my husband, Brian. And, you know, my kids motivate me to want to be, to, to dream even bigger, to want to kind of dream big in hopes that they see me dream big and they have big dreams of their own someday. So, you know, I, I'm very athletically driven. I found I have a passion behind sports and just the way it really makes me feel and just kind of proving to myself that. I can still have these big goals, athletic goals, whether or not I have one leg or, or, or two. So for me, 2020 is the next Paralympic Games for triathlon. And it is definitely a goal of mine. And coming back from after having my daughter, Millie, eight months ago is, is, is not an easy thing to do. You know, a lot of my competitors are much younger than I am, no families. So the training dynamic is very different. But the goal of showing them that I would be 40 years old and as a 40-year-old triathlete that has two young kids, that I can still be out there on the course. And not only that, but I can still be out there and be fast and keep up with them as well. So that is definitely one of my big goals is to try to make it to Tokyo and kind of have that be my final Paralympic Games and just to do it to prove that I can and to challenge myself and just to show my kids that we put in the work and dreams can come true. That's incredible to hear and so interesting to hear too about how your motivation has changed a little bit or at least maybe expanded. I feel like often when I do talk to athletes who have long careers like you, they do find that like as life goes on, they find even more reasons to to get out there and more fuel for the fire and, and more ways to stay motivated. So it's it's fantastic to hear that that's the case for you. Yes, definitely. And obviously that is like sort of a logistical challenge too, to train with a family. What are one or two of the things that have, have shifted for you and what advice do you give other people about fitting it all in when you have a family and, and want to train at a high level? It's, it's hard. There, there's never enough hours in the day and there, there weren't before I had kids and now there definitely aren't. So I think fitting in what you can, when you can. And my coach has taught me that, that if I have... 15 minutes to go on a run before kids, I would have thought that's not even worth it. Why would I even go for 15 minutes? But you go and you run a mile or a mile and a half that instead of doing nothing that day, well, you've just gotten a mile in and those miles add up and they make a difference. The other things I've had to do is just kind of adjust my time. So, you know, instead of waking up and having breakfast and then doing whatever I do and then doing my workouts, I, again, I have to do what I can when I can. So in the summer, when it's not cold and icy, I was known to put my kids down to bed because, of course, you want to spend as much time as you can with them. So put them down to bed, 8.30 p.m., put on a reflector vest, put on my headlamp, and actually go on my run around the neighborhood. Things that I never thought I would do that in order to make it work, it's things like that that you have to do. So get that headlamp, get that reflector vest, use, if you have 15 minutes, Take those 15 minutes and do what you can with them. It's really just any little time that you have throughout the day, just doing what you can when you can. Yeah, I think it's just like we were talking earlier about 
you know, noticing your accomplishments for, for the day, like that, all those little bits definitely add up to something much greater in the long run. Yes. Yes, they do. When you speak or give advice to others, what are, what are one or two of the key lessons you share about overcoming obstacles that come up in route to your goals? When, when we're younger, we have, you know, you have these dreams of what you want your life to be like, right? Like you want to be a doctor, you want to live in this area, you want to be married, you want to have kids, but it, it never happens that way. I think the older we get, the more we realize that you can't really plan your life because you can plan it to an extent, but there's so many obstacles and kind of twists and turns that happen that you're not prepared for because you don't, they're so unexpected. But I think knowing that those things happen, that those roadblocks come up and that there's going to be diversions, you know, to get to where you want to get and just the ability to really accept them and to really, to overcome them and to find a silver lining because it's, it's hard to find a silver lining, but it, it is there and to really kind of dig deep and find a way to make whatever difficulties come your way, like to make them almost desirable and to make it so you end up even better on the other side. You, you learn from your challenges and you make, in turn, they make you better in the long run. Another thing is to do that. You have to, you have to believe in yourself, but you also have to, you know, when these obstacles come your way, you, you have the power to choose how you want to react to them. So that's kind of the beauty in life, right? You, you can choose for them to get to you and put you down, or you can choose to help them make your life even better. So to try to choose to take the high road and, you know, to help them make your life as good as you want it to be. So we can all choose what we want our life's path to be like, and just to try to choose to make your path a good one. Those stories we tell ourselves definitely so powerful and and can really shape our our experiences and our future, I know. So, I mean, along those lines, April 13th is coming up, and we mentioned this earlier, but talk to me a little bit about how you commemorate this, because I think that it's such a great example of what you were just talking about. Yeah, so um, it is. It's coming up uh, just a few weeks now. So every April 13th, which is the day that I lost my leg over in Iraq, every year we actually celebrate the day. So I've named what's left of my leg, Little Leg, and we have a birthday for Little Leg. So this year will be, Little Legs sounds kind of crazy to me, but 14th birthday, which can't believe it's been 14 years, but it's really a celebration. So family and friends drive in or fly in. We celebrate the day. We celebrate not just Little Leg's life or my life, but really everybody's life because in the day-to-day lives that we live, it's easy to get kind of caught up in everything that's going on, but when you take a moment or a day to kind of take a step back and to think about your life and it's we're very we're all very lucky to live the lives that we do so just to take a day to celebrate that and to be with your loved ones and to celebrate to dance to to eat cake to to share some drinks and just to kind of enjoy enjoy life well melissa that's such good advice. And thank you so much for joining us on the We Got Goals podcast. Before I let you go, how can people find you and keep track of you and keep tabs on all of, all of the celebrating that you're doing and all of the accomplishments that you have in the future? Social media is obviously the best way. I do have a website that's melissastockwell.com. On Facebook, it's Melissa Stockwell USA. And then on both Twitter and Instagram, it's mstockwell01. So I 
and encourage everyone to kind of follow along. I promise that there is never really a, a, a dull moment. No, and lots of adorable baby photos. That's for sure. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you again, Melissa. It's been great talking with you. Really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Girl, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset when I'm not around. Just know I'll be back. So no need to frown. This podcast was produced by me, Cindy Kuzma. And it's another thing that's better with friends. So please share it with yours. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you get a chance to leave us a rating or a review, we would so appreciate it. Special thanks to Jay Mono for our theme music, to our guests this week, Melissa Stockwell, and to Tech Nexus for the recording studio.